listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for the end of August. It's pretty much September already. My name is Tom Chick. My game of the week is not... Oh, crud, I didn't give this any thought. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh uh, Spy vs. Spy. There was a Spy vs. Spy game, probably on the Commodore 64 or something, that is not my game of the week. This is Brandon Kikowski Schnell, and my game of the week is not um, Splinter Cell. Let's go with Blacklist. Uh, it should be because it's awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Uh, do you know the Spy versus Spy? Game I, yeah, I remember. I remember it. Um, I, I. That's probably one of those games that I would have tried to play when my mom would go to Macy's and she would drop me off in the electronics section between that and uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Spy vs. Spy, I think, and it's either a game I maybe played a couple of times, but more likely I read about, and I'm misremembering having played it. It was some kind of multiplayer uh, intrigue and cat and mouse and trying to psych out the other spy. Like one guy was a white spy. Yeah, and one guy was a black I don't remember spy. being multiplayer. I remember, I remember multiple yeah. levels and like going out a door and coming in another door. I thought it was multiplayer. But maybe there's know, more maybe... than one. I, I thought there was. They came out with one re, like like recent. I mean, obviously that, that's oh. relative. Is that even still around? Is Mad Magazine still around? Uh, you know, I don't know, but it should be if it isn't, because I read that religiously as a kid. <laughs> I still remember Welcome to, to the this podcast. day. The only way I know the difference between um, port and starboard is because of of Mad Magazine. Uh, yeah, for me, it was Jaws. That's what taught me port and starboard. <laughs> Can't believe we don't know if Mad Magazine is still out. This this podcast is uh, old guys who have no idea what they're talking about and are out of touch. <laughs> that, is, that is 100% <laughs> correct. Speaking of spies, though, um, we have been playing a spy game recently. You have been hitting it particularly hard. I, I can't. I can't boot that game up without seeing this long list of Brandon Kikowski Schnell has unlocked such and such trophy and such and such yeah. trophy and such and such trophy. Are you doing this completionist thing you used to do with Microsoft Gamer Score where you're trying to earn all the trophies or what's going on with you and Counterspy? Yeah, it, so it originally started off. So, um, you know, the PS4, they had their PlayStation Network, they had their summer of play promotion and. You know, it was one of those things where Rogue Legacy came out, and I knew I was getting that. And it was kind of one of those things where, hey, if you pre-order more than one game, then you know we'll throw some PSN bucks back at you. And Counter Spy looked interesting, and I'm kind of at the point where I'm trying to broaden my gaming horizon. So if I see something and it looks interesting and it's less than twenty dollars, then I'll typically take a chance on it. And so I liked um, this, you know, the visual style. Um, of the game so I got it and I played all the way through um, on one on normal mode and I was really pissed because I was trying to get the the, the trophy to finish the game without a continue and I li- it literally came down to I had about three seconds left on the very last level the very last mission three seconds less left before the, the big fail condition and I, I ran past the button prompt to do it. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I, then I, I finished it on, um, normal and I immediately started it back up on hard. Um, and I, I, the, to me, the game has a lot of problems, but I, I really can't stop playing it. So. Okay. So I want to know why this is, because I, 
I haven't even finished one whole playthrough, and I don't, I don't think I like it. I don't think I'm going to. Uh, I agree with you about the art style, but whatever. Um, you know, plenty of games look cool, and I can go watch The Incredibles if I want that kind of thing. Right. Uh, I, I just am not digging the, the gameplay, and I, I suspect if I were to list the problems, you would be like, oh, yeah, that's a yeah, problem. Yeah, no, this is problem. one of those that's, in fact, I, I was kind of, you know, trying to get my thoughts together on it to, to write a review for Quarter 3, and it's one of those games that um, it's it, it has a lot of problems, and I am continuing to play it in spite of the problems. And honestly, I think once I finish this run-through, if I attempt to... Mm-hmm. To try it on the an even a harder difficulty level, the problems I have are going to be insurmountable. Um, so before we talk about the problems, what's the hook for you? Like what? It, it, obviously, you're not. I, I presume you haven't lapsed into just chasing trophies no, blindly. No, no, no. You've got to like something about this. What's yeah, pulling it, you through? Basically, this? I, um, in part, it's the fact that you know the missions are are kind of randomly generated. So just just kind of seeing, you know, what kind of collection of rooms and enemies they they throw at you mostly it was it's just kind of being stubborn um and, and just seeing i i do want to get the continue you know you know get go through a whole game without using a continue i, I do want to get that trophy because i do feel like i was cheated um out of the last one but <laughs> but mostly at this point it's Brandon, we can just – the listeners and I can just credit you for that. We can assume awesome. that when we're looking at your trophy list, <laughs> that should be on there um, if you want. I, I think it's it's more just kind of stubborn determination at this point more than anything right. else. It's it's you know It definitely is a game. If you do one playthrough on normal, you know, it, I, I think you've seen the game at its best because the problems that start to pop up – are are, are kind of okay to deal with on normal. And as you get into the harder difficulty levels, they just start to be really annoying and not, you know, obviously when games get more difficult and they get more challenging, th- that's fine. But I feel like some of the inconsistencies and, and just kind of the, the, the way this game does and doesn't tell the player, you know, when they're about, when, when stuff's about to go sideways, um, mm-hmm really gets to be annoying on the harder difficulty levels. Um, I find it annoying on the basic difficulty levels. Yeah, I could kind of get through <laughs> it just because I wanted to see, like, okay, well, you know, what does a final mission look like? Like, what is – I just wanted to, to get to the end and kind of see, you know, what happened. I actually um, just just be added to get through the end of it. And then, and then mm-hmm. when I didn't get it, I was like, oh, screw that. And I <laughs> – <laughs> started back up. Uh, are you enjoying the? Because uh, I've only got the main, the pistol and the silence pistol unlocked. Yeah. I mean, I literally have only spent a couple hours with it. I haven't finished a campaign or whatever you call it, and I really have no desire to. But um, because I've only seen the first two guns, and maybe I guess I don't know five or six different perks. Yeah. As you're accumulating more guns and more perks, is that much of a draw for you? Well, sort of that, seeing how that, no, I mean that actually is a, is a pretty. You know, one of my one of my problems with the game, particularly in the higher difficulty levels, is that um, you know money really becomes an issue. Um, so, so the game, so so I think that a big part of my problem with the game is that I, I play a lot of stealth games, and I kind of have in my mind the way that stealth games should work. And while I'm certainly um, open to new interpretations of it. 
to me, in order for a stealth game to work really well, you know, want, it has to be very clear to the player, you know, when things are going, when you're going to get seen, and yep. then what is the consequence of being seen. And obviously, yep. you can, you know, Hitman, Splinter Cell, um, I haven't played a Metal Gear game in forever, so I don't know if this is true for that one as well. You know, as you ratchet up the difficulty, you can turn off all these little indicators and things, but you can still learn, okay, in what situation will I get seen? And maybe it just takes, it's a little bit faster. You know, for example, in Splinter Cell, if you're in cover and then you go to cover, chances are you're going to get away with that. You know, you just kind of learn that as part of the mechanic. Um, Similarly, you know, when guys start getting agitated based on how they're talking, based on how they're moving, you know, you kind of know, okay, they're in this state. I can still kind of get away with this thing. And then once they go weapons free, you know, okay, now I have to act this way. And with this game, it's really dodgy in terms of like when guys will see you and when they won't. So, um it makes it difficult to kind of plan, all right, how am I going to tackle this room? Because even just kind of bouncing from cover to cover. So so the way the game works, for people who haven't played it, is while you're doing uh, traversal, it's all in 2D. And you'll come across these little walls that have like black and yellow arrows that kind of pointing in a particular direction. And that basically means if you take cover behind this wall, you know, the enemies won't be able to see you unless they walk right past you. And when you get behind cover, it then goes into this over-the-shoulder kind of third-person view where you can then pick guys off. And you do have the ability to also shoot them in, in the side-scrolling view, but the weapons seem – it just seems a lot harder to kill guys that way. Um, so you might be in a room where you are hiding behind cover and then you roll to the next cover and – and seemingly no one was even looking in your direction, but all of a sudden now they've got a question mark over their head, which means, hey, they're trying – they're going to come investigate. Now, the problem – one of the problems is that, OK, well, how did I know that was going to happen? Like how do I – because you might do that a thousand times and it never pops, but then all of a sudden it does. And it's really hard to figure out, well, what caused that to happen? Right. Um, and then the other problem is that you don't know what that guy's going to do. Sometimes he may walk towards you and you could take him out. Sometimes he'll just mill around. Sometimes he'll call on the radio, which lowers your, uh, def or defcon rating, which is bad. You don't want that to go lower. Um, but the worst part in my mind is that once they're agitated, they never become unagitated. And if you leave a room with an alert enemy, it automatically raises the defcon level uh right it's a one-way thing like once once you've triggered that you can either leave the room and trade it in for the defcon right. levels or you just have to fight them you just have to deal with and, it and and yeah. so what ends up happening is that this whole kind of notion i think that stealth games have kind of allowed us to do where you get to make that decision do i want to go a stealth run do i want to go a combat run that really goes out the window in 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 plenty of rooms there will simply just be too many guys for you to try to do a stealth run and so you know kind of bringing this in a very long-winded way back to your discussion about the weapons if because you don't have that choice like typically like you know, maybe what you would do is you'd say, okay, I am okay with not exploring and thereby giving up the ability to find things to get money because I want to preserve my DEF CON level so that um, – because what happens is there's there's two sides. There's, there's the imperialists and the socialists and you're kind of a neutral third party and you can, you can pick missions on either side. Um, however, whatever side has the, the lowest or I guess the highest – 
highest in terms of escalation, lowest in terms of actual number. You know, DEFCON goes from five all the way up to one. Uh, so whatever whatever side has the highest escalation, that's, uh, that's the side that the final mission is in. So you may be sticking to one side thinking, okay, great, this DEFCON level is nice and low. I'm good. I'm safe. But once you get to the final mission, it's going to kick you to the, over to the other side. So preserving the DEFCON level becomes really important. Um, so maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to give up some cash so that I can preserve this DEFCON level. But then in some cases, the game kind of takes that choice away from you because it throws a bunch of guys and you've got to shoot them all. And some of them may be radioing in. Oh, if you get killed, that raises your DEFCON level automatically. Um, if they get on the radio, that raises it. So, so you're kind of forced to fight. And then that costs money and you have to pay to replenish your ammo every time. It's not cheap. And you have to, Those are not cheap bullets. It's not. And then you have to pay to apply these perks every time. So you might find tons of weapon bl- blueprints along the way and you never get a chance to unlock them because they cost too much money. <laughs> so this whole – and that you know that in a nutshell – it's a very large nutshell I, – I, is my problem with this game is that the systems really seem to be kind of against one another – and they really don't give the player the freedom to choose, well, how do I want to tackle this? And then there's no benefit. Like if, you're, like if, you, if, if you say, okay, I take all these guys out, there's no real benefit to that other than, okay, well, now this room is clear. So I can, I can, I can uh, explore some more and find some stuff that maybe kicks me a little cash. But that cash that you find, you're going to spend a heck of a lot more than that on the bullets that you had to use Right. To take all these guys out, and and so you're you're articulating very well why I'm not playing this game anymore. And as near as I can tell, the only reason you are playing it is because you got so close to that trophy. That, that's it. I guess I still yeah. don't. Okay, that's it. And, <laughs> well, and 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 the re and and the reality is, well, there's there's a few reasons. I mean, I'm kind of I'm. Uh, I mean, I tend to get stuck on things like Rogue Legacy. I'm continuing to play that game, even though I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, okay, so I'll, I've killed two of the four bosses. Okay, so I killed two more, and then the final ball. What's that going to get me? Well, nothing really. Uh, but I'm I'm still kind of like, okay, well, let's see how many how much money can I get in a run? Um, and I'm kind of that way with this game. It's like, okay, how much can I lower it? How much can I lower my DefCon in this particular run? But it it is more stubbornness once I finish. Because on the higher difficulty levels, it seems like enemies, they take more to get killed. You know, they take more shots to go down. It seems like things cost more. I could be wrong, but I feel like ammo costs a lot more. Um, I, but what so confuses me, though, Brandon, is I can understand Rogue Legacy, the moment-to-moment gameplay of, of Rogue Legacy, I really enjoy. And there's none of that kind of frustration right. that you're talking about with Counter Spy. Where the way it's laid out, the stealth mechanic, the combat mechanic, the, the fundamental tuning of, of, of advancement and money, all of that seems out of whack in Counter Spy. Whereas in Rogue Legacy, that's part of the gameplay. It's dealing with whatever the genetic right. roll of the dice gives you, um, seeing what this dungeon layout is like, you know, what you're going to find where. The moment to moment gameplay in Rogue Legacy is really solid, and I can totally understand you plugging away at that. I just don't get, I mean, other than this pride thing about the stupid trophy yeah. you should have gotten, why you would endure all of this stuff in Counter-Spy. Because I and, – and I was just fascinated to see you getting all those trophies, and I was expected you to go to bat and defend no. it rather than articulate <laughs> for me why I'm not playing it. No, I, I think it's – in fact, you know, it it's – 
yeah, no, I, 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 sometimes I just get, I don't want to say stuck is the right word. I think that years of chasing achievements have, has really just kind of trained me to put up with a lot of crap. Uh, a gauntlet gets thrown down and you want to pick it yeah, up. Yeah. And I go, all right, well, I'm going to try this and, 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 and see if I can do it. And then, um, you know, and then again, once I get it, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll try it on the higher difficulty levels. I mean, when you talk about you've only got the, the regular pistol and the silence pistol, this is the, another thing that bothers me about this game. Certain things carry over and certain things don't. Oh, what doesn't carry over? I thought everything would carry over. Um, weapons that you have – if you have discovered the blueprints for a weapon, the fact that you can unlock it carries over, but you still have to pay again to unlock oh. it. Oh, ouch. Okay. However, perks, they just carry over, period. So – Well, you're having to pay for those as well, though. Well, you have to pay for those every time, yeah. At least the weapons. Right. It's just right. a one-time thing. Um, and that really bugged me. So the first for the, I'd say this this second round I'm on probably half the game all I could afford was a regular pistol and a silence pistol because um I just you know mission to mission I just wasn't finding enough stuff and then and right. I mean so all I could all I had enough money for because the perks are pretty useful like you 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 really have to have like the one that lets you shoot armored cameras you know or take out certain guys with helmets with one shot you, you really need that one you know there's one that automatically lowers the defcon level right uh wh- when you start a mission that one's also really important and those are expensive and then you've got to take damage reduction and there you go you're done i I'll, you know half the time i don't even take that one because okay. i can't afford it <laughs> um so so but the thing is and then here's the kicker uh, the other weapons, eh, they're not really anything all that great. <laughs> you know, the, the, there's a sleep dart, which is real, which is handy for some of the guys. The, the, there's like these kind of black uniform special forces guy and they, they might take three shots to the head. Sleep dart takes them out in one, but you get six darts. So it's like, okay, you got to kind of be sparing with those. Um, there is a, there's like a submachine gun rifle type of thing um that's handy when you get in big firefights there's a silenced version of that which you know it's just another silenced weapon so that's handy there is one that shoots silently shoots explosive gel that you can then shoot with a bullet i don't know what the heck happened the first time i shot it it like hit the wall and exploded and alerted everyone (laughs) to my presence and i was like well that's like three thousand bucks down the tube and then um, thanks, Q. There's like a silenced <laughs> shotgun, which is useless because guys are. If you let a guy get up on you to the point where you can hit him with a shotgun, you can just punch him. You can just punch him. Yeah, you can just do a melee thing. So, um, and then there's like a golden, there's like a golden gun that I can get, which of course I'll have to because you know James Bond. Um, uh, do you know the game Monaco? What's yours is mine. Um, I know of it. I know it is free. Uh, Games with gold in September. I have never oh. played it. Uh, you mean for the PlayStation 4? No, Games with Gold is Microsoft's paltry attempt to do what PlayStation Plus does. Oh, okay. So on the Xbox One or 360? Both. Like there's typically every okay. month there's two Xbox One games and two 360 games. Right. So you can play that and Halo Reach in case you haven't played Halo Reach in the past four <laughs> years or however the heck long. Well, just hearing you talk about the specific parameters of stealth and how you, that really needs to be clear to the player um, and the different tools you can use to interact with stealth. Uh, Monaco did an amazing job. Every bit as good, by the way, as Blacklist uh, in terms of, of reinvigorating stealth mechanics okay. and making them uh, flexible and accessible and, dare I say, fun. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I look forward to you getting to try that because I think it'll uh, I think you'll enjoy that. Now, is that a multiplayer game or is it single player? It can be. You bet it can. Yeah, it's single player, but it can be uh, played by four players at once. Um, you you have very asymmetrical classes with unique abilities, and then you can pick up different um, items to give you an additional ability while you're exploring. Um, it doesn't have the. Pr- it, it's a best case example of not having procedurally generated levels. Okay. Because in Counter Spy, I walk into some room and I don't know if it's going to be a little tiny room or a big huge room yeah. with all these catwalks that go up and then there's ducks underneath it, and it just feels like kind of a sprawl. Yeah. Um, Monaco is just so lovingly handcrafted um, with little touches and uh, it's got that sometimes tedious retro look with the bigger pixelated characters. But it just just so much cleverness goes into it. Yeah. Um, well, that, that so the, you know, uh, talking about the sprawl, that that's the other you know, kind of one of the other problems with Counter Spy is that you know sometimes you, based on how you kind of get into a room, you know, like for me, a good stealth game, it, uh, unless it's like a, I mean, and obviously, I mean, Splinter Cell has done this where it's like, okay, you know, like shit hits the fan, guys jump in, and now you got to take them out, but. You know, kind of stealth is put on hold in that situation, and you're supposed to kind of fight your way out. You know, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna radio, and and nobody's gonna. There's no fail condition outside of dying that's kind of associated with that scenario because at that point in time, the developers want you to take all those guys out. Like, like for example, Splinter Cell Blacklist, the whole level on the airfield. I mean, you could certainly go about that stealthily, and I did because I did I did it for Ghost Score, I did it for Panther Score, mm-hmm. Assault Score, whatever, but. You know, you're not really penalized for going full off weapons free because, hey, that's kind of what the level is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Counter Spy sometimes because it's random, it'll dump you in a room, and before you have a chance to really do anything, God, guys are staring that. at you, and all of a sudden you're in a fight. And if, if yeah, you open a door and there's yeah, exactly, you had no recourse, right? Yeah. And it, and it really it would be that would be mitigated some if they didn't have this DEFCON level thing to kind of have to deal with. You know, if it was just a situation of okay, I got to fight my way through this and hope I don't die, um, but but the fact that like there's in that firefight, you know, there's multiple ways now for the DEFCON level to uh, to go, I get up, down, whatever, go in the bad direction. You know, there could be a guy on the radio uh, who's and then or you could die, and so. Right. You know, not really being given the chance to kind of prepare and say, okay, well, how can I tackle this? Um, And then the other thing is I've had some levels where I can't see everybody from where I am and I'll take guys out. And then unbeknownst to me, here somebody is kind of in the next off screen who sees one of the dead guys and gets on the radio. Okay, well, now I'm in a mad dash to try to figure out where is this cat so I can take him out so that he doesn't, you know, screw with the level too much. Um, and I understand what they're, they're trying to do, like, you know, because it really, there really isn't outside of the DEFCON level, there's no penalty for dying. So I think they want, they, they figured out, okay, well, this is, this, this will kind of be like a nail biter kind of cold war tensiony kind of thing, but it really just kind of ends up being annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I look forward to seeing if you come around on counter spy when you finally get that trophy. I think I'll be done. That'll make me come around. <laughs> I was looking at our trophies, by the way. You have two platinum trophies. What are they? Oh. Um, do you know? Yes, I do. Um, one is for uh, Walking Dead um, Season 1. 
Okay. And the other one is for um, the first Sly Cooper. <laughs> uh, you were at 98% too on Watch Dogs. Yeah, I know. You know what it is? It's that stupid what? drinking game one. <laughs> yeah. It's got to, that's got to it's, just be a kick in the it, nuts every time it, you look at your trophies. It, well, 98%. thankfully, I don't really know how. And the fact that like you have to sync manually kind of helps. I can just I can just pretend that I just didn't sync. Um, but yeah, no, I tried. I did the drinking game as much as I had to to get. I don't know. There was like a car or a gun or something, because, you know, if you're drunk, you should have either a firearm or a vehicle. Uh, <laughs> and um, and and it would have been fine. I would have gone for it. If the drinking game was to get to level 10 with just one particular opponent, but you had to get to level 10 against all three drunkards in the game. And I was like, there is no way I am going to do this. Okay, If you're OK with that 98 percent, I am. I you know what? I said to myself, okay that's an it. A. I did the same thing with Wolfenstein. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I'm I mean, at like 90, 91 percent. I was like, wow, there's kind of two two perks I didn't get. Uh, um, and I didn't. um I didn't do an Uber playthrough, and I was like, eh, 91%, perfect, that's an A. <laughs> I picked up Wolfenstein after you and I talked about it uh, maybe two podcasts yeah. ago, and I just started playing it, and I just got – I mean, I basically haven't even played it at all. I'm still sneaking around the wrecked bombers, and there's a robot dog after me, and I'm just – when, when does it start to get where I like it? <laughs> like, I don't know. I love I, it. Uh, but even at that at that part with the stuff with the yeah, bombers yeah, yeah. and you shoot – even then you're like, okay, I'm digging yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll stick with it some more. But I was like, oh, when when is I, I'm I, I just hate those kind of early scripted things, and they're trying to be cinematic and cool. And um, I I was waiting for some of the cool stuff you were talking about to happen. Well, it definitely, um, I th- I think it picks up once you're no longer in Nazi Germany. Like I think when when you kind of get to see, okay, well, what what is this game end up really being about? Um, and then you okay, well, because I'm only I'm, it's literally probably not even ten minutes. Oh now, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I'm basically pulling a Todd Brack. Yeah, here. no, no. Uh, I, I think that once once it gets past the kind of obligatory, I want my scalps, you know, type of, uh, <laughs> you know, Nazi killing um, and then get jumps to the future. That's when it got a little more interesting for me. OK. Um, but, you know, the weapons get cooler, the just kind of the, 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 the people get cooler. So. So, yeah, definitely stick with it. Uh, did you know there's a Walking Dead pinball table? I now? heard. I saw that uh, it's out today, I think. That won't sell you on pinball. I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, I'm playing it, and every now and then you pick a mission, and I'm, I'm having to choose stuff like uh, save Ducky or, Duck. or save Kenny. And uh, and I even played the first uh, episode season. Like the, I even knew what it's talking about, kind of. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I, I realize this is definitely aimed for people who care about Walking Dead and actually remember this so, stuff. So this is, this is based on the Telltale stuff. It's not based like, – Yeah, yeah. It's definitely or... not the TV show. It's not the comic. Okay. It's absolutely the Telltale game, same voice actor, same artwork. Oh, okay. um, there's even that – you know one of the areas is that motel courtyard yep. where you have this terrible stealth sequence to get past the zombies. Yep. Um so yeah, it's very much the Telltale games. Um, one of the things I really like about Zen is they they work directly with small developers for some of these. Um, you know, they worked very closely, I guess, with Telltale for the assets and the actors, and um, they did a Misplosion Man table. Oh, okay. um, they did a Plants vs Zombies. It's not exactly a small developer, but uh, they're doing nods to other independent games, uh-huh. uh, which I really like about them. Um, as well as the bigger Star Wars and Marvel stuff, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, 
but so there's a yeah there's a Walking Dead table and I heck if I know what's going on in it. <laughs> I just finished uh, the second season last night. And uh, did that work for you? Um, of course it did. You're, you're, you know what? It's like anybody watching TV. You're gonna like it no matter whether it's good or bad. You're hooked. You have you have like a Stockholm syndrome thing. No matter what they do, you're on board. It's like people who watched Lost, and I'm one of them. I love. But that's I really like Lost. Is. I just finished watching it all over again. Nobody nobody really likes I Lost. Brandon. I, I did. I, I I just finished. I just I borrowed all the DVDs from my friend, and I watched them all over again. So there's a difference between liking Lost and being in a codependent relationship with it, and you'll recognize that one. <laughs> I liked Lost. You didn't like it. Did. It's terrible. You can't like Why it. Not? You just suffer. You're a victim of its abuses, and you don't realize it. Okay. Uh, Walking <laughs> Dead. Um, you know, I, I I don't think it was as strong as the first season, um, to be okay. honest. I think that um, kind of having Lee shepherding Clementine and was a little bit stronger emotional pull for me. Um, and then, but also just, you know, I, I watch the show, you know, I, and I read the comics. I don't play the pinball table. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, what are they going to do in season three? Like, like they're, you know, kind of walking dead fatigue. And it's simply because they're sure. all set, even if they're not set in the same, you know, walking dead universe. And although there is some kind of crossover between characters, um, it's still the same world in turn and, and the world behaves the same way. So it's like, okay, well, how many settlements can we come across where it ends up that they're not good people? You know, how many, how many discussions can we have, you know, but like this guy wronged us and one guy wants to kill him and the other guy doesn't like, how many times are we going to have that conversation? You know, just things like that. I, I kind of feel like, you know, the game. And I don't know if it's because you're more in charge of things. So, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, the show, I don't know. I, I'm more willing to put up with stories that I'm just kind of okay with in, in uh, TV shows or movies because I can find something like, okay, I like the effects or I like the, the acting or stuff like that. And the voice acting in you know, the game was good. But, uh, you know, just in terms of like, you know, me as a player going through these decision points all over again, it's like, eh, I don't know. Are you going to break up with the game? Am I going to break up with it? You know, to be perfectly honest, the, the thing really that struck me about the this one is knowing how many endings there were. You go, there's no way th- these endings were completely different. There's no way you can rectify those with with themselves. So, like one of them's going to be canon for the next season. You mean? Yeah. So, well, no. What'll end up happening is that no matter what you picked, right. it's going to end up getting resolved. Or you're you're gonna move beyond that, you know, pretty much immediately because they are so different. So so they'll either do a time jump, they'll, they'll do something. But there's there is just no way. There's five different endings for this game, mm-hmm. and they are radically different. So you know, there is no way they're gonna be able to 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 write a game that allows you to kind of continue with that. So they're gonna have to do oh, like right. a time jump or something. So then that that really kind of takes away from the whole purpose of these games, you know, you know, where your right. your choices matter and define, you know, what you end up doing. So uh, or because isn't it like uh, what was the series where there's basically a canon ending? Um, and if you made any other choices, those were basically non-canon. We're going to pretend everybody who played chose this. ending. Um, wasn't there some game like that? Or may have been. I don't remember. 
Yeah, but would they do that? Would Telltale do that, or would that just violate what people want? They haven't so far. Okay. Um, they haven't so far. Um, they they definitely, um, you know, they 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 moved past. However, the however the first season ended, they moved past that fairly quickly at the beginning of this season. Um, Can I tell you something that bothers me about Walking Dead, and you let me know if this is crazy? Okay. I don't think the voice actress for Clementine sounds like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, this the last episode uh, has a flashback to her and Lee when she is mm-hmm. an, when she was like a much younger little girl, and mm-hmm. I, I noticed that too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like like right. like when you're playing with her as like an eleven year old, it fits. Um, right. And, you know, I have an 11 year old, I mean, and I have a nine year old, so I'm kind of like, okay, I know how, you know, I kind of know how these kids this age would talk, but yeah, when it flashed back to her on the one hand, it was so great to kind of see Lee again. Um, but on the other hand, I was like, well, that doesn't really sound like a little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, so I play a lot of board games at my house, as you may know. We have a, a, a weekly gathering. We used to do computer games. These days we do board games. Last week um, we had someone join us who hadn't played the particular game we were going to play, which is no problem. Uh, I love teaching board uh-huh. games. Um, most of the ones that I like, I've kind of broken down in my head the best way to explain the systems and the rules. and uh, it, It's sort of like a whole presentation for me because I'm excited to get people to try games that I like. So anytime someone hasn't played a game, if everybody is – wanting to play this particular game and we have some folks who haven't played it, that's fine. I'm ready. And for most of my uh-huh. games, I have a kind of an outline for how to lay it out. Uh, so we were going to play something last week and there was only one guy who hadn't played it. So I told everyone else, uh, you guys go play something like on the PS4. I'm going to sit here and, and give this fellow the, the tutorial. Uh-huh. So I was talking him through it and I saw that they had settled on doing some split screen plants versus zombies in the background. <laughs> uh, and that's great. And they were taken to it. And it seemed like they were enjoying it. I was worried they were going to get restless while I was explaining the game. This can take sometimes like 15 minutes or so. So they were, they were playing it and I was thinking, okay, that's good. It's a good split screen game. There's some cool stuff in there. Uh, I explained the game to my friend. We were ready to start and I walked over there and I said, okay, guys, we're, we're ready. And one of my friends said to me, um, Tom, where do you buy more of the seeds and the respawn? Things? Oh gosh! Now, now, now I don't know this, if you play... is this vanilla Plants huh? vs. Zombies or is this Garden oh, Warfare? Oh no, no, no! Sorry, this is yeah. I, I don't even think of Plants vs. Zombies now as the vanilla oh, one. Okay, it's definitely Garden Warfare. Okay. Yeah, uh, which is a shooter. It's split screen. Uh, you can do local split screen, but it's mainly an online shooter. Okay. And this is Electronic Arts. Yeah. Um, so when it first came out, I had some trepidation. I really didn't like. The version on the 360, mainly because of a lot of technical issues, Mm -hmm. but on the PlayStation 4, those are resolved nicely. It looks great. It's smooth. Um, But one of the things, this being an EA game, that it does is they want you to have to grind to play. And what you earn from grinding is you buy packs. And what you're really looking for in these packs are gun upgrades and little custom uh, uh, costume pieces uh-huh. to customize your your different creatures. Um, but what you also get when you buy these packs are the tower defense element of the game when you're playing. If you're defending a base, you plant different plants, just like from the, the basic 
plants versus zombies to help defend your base. If you're the attacking zombie side, you use these consumables to raise new zombies from these undead plots. And you make the coffin zombie or the outhouse zombie or the newspaper reading zombie. And, you know, they are sort of like NPC bots who slowly shuffle ahead with the zombie team. Uh, the problem is these are consumables and you have to grind for them. Okay. My friends who were playing split screen used up every single one of my consumables. Oh, no. Not realizing that you didn't just buy them in the game. So I went over there and my friend was like, hey, where do we buy more of these things? And I I was like, well, you go to where I enter my credit card and you (laughs) micro-buy them. Because you can either grind for them and playing split screen, the advancement is so freaking slow compared to playing online. But it occurred to me that these guys had no frame of reference for that. You know, they're playing the game and it tells them – Hey, you've got ten pea shooters you can plant and five healing flowers, like, and you've great. got this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> plant all of them; it'll make it that much easier. <laughs> That's exactly how many so, I need. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, "Oh, freaking EA!" Yeah. Um, uh, so I've been playing some of that, and now I'm basically uh, consumable poor in that game <laughs> as of last week, um, <laughs> uh, and also. Oh my god, they're the I guess I thought it might be a little better on the PS4, but on the 360, people playing Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, what what they do over the mics is so annoying. You know, the, it's annoying enough when there are people actually talking and maybe they're there with one of their friends and they're talking holding forth in front of everyone else. It's even more annoying when somebody just has their mic open yes. and you just hear stuff in the background. So I thought on the PS4 this wouldn't be happening much. But no, every game I'm in, there's like some kids playing who are screaming about things yeah. or there's somebody's TV going on in the background. And, oh, my God, what is it with people in open mics? I don't know. I mean, there it is like I have played. I remember playing Destiny in the alpha and uh, just I didn't even have a headset on because I was like, I don't you know, thankfully the PS4, I think, is similar to the 360 in that if you don't have like a headset on. It, it, it kind of goes, okay, you, we're not going to play for you what everybody else is hearing. Um, and I, I did a whole raid. I did a whole uh, uh, whatever. What are they, I forget what the um, – Yeah, raid. Well, I don't know if that's what it's called in Destiny. It's a like three-person co-op. Like three co-op strike, strike team uh, mission. Okay. And it's, oh, that's cute that you're calling a three-person co-op thing a raid. Well, they only have <laughs> – Normally a raid raids, is like – Their raids are only going to be six people, so – Okay. It is a destiny raid. I mean, a strike team That's isn't a raid. A strike team is a. I guess you could do it single player if you really wanted to take forever. They are going to have like things that they're calling raids. Their version of a raid, which will require two different fire teams, uh, mm-hmm. and they have to be. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Doing this whole but thing with two random things. people that I didn't talk to yeah. at all because I was like, I'm not putting a headset on. I don't know what the hell is going to come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good idea. Yeah. Uh, do you know about this game Hohokam? I I know that that was so the the that summer of play thing we were talking about uh, were Rogue Legacy and Counter Spy. Uh, the other two games are rounded it out. One was the Swapper, and one was Hohokam. So I and, and you are or aren't on board with those games. I would like to play the Swapper. You know, here's the thing. You know, buying uh, indie games for the PS4 or the Vita. You know. It, it, it's a great way to support developers. It's also a gamble because most likely sometime soon they're going to be free with PS plus. <laughs> so, 
So uh, I kind of went, okay, point. I'll buy two of them. I'll kind of wait on right. the other two. I am on board with uh, both of them. I'm just kind of waiting to see if you know they end up becoming free at some point. Why are you on board with the Swapper? What's the appeal of that to you? It's just you know, it's the visual style looks interesting, and it's you know it's under twenty dollars, and I figure why not. Okay, one of the all right. Uh, Swapper really didn't work for me because it just became, and this is clearly my own bag. With I, I have a low threshold for those kind of canned puzzle kind of things. You know, I got maybe uh, eight, ten puzzles into Swapper, and they started getting really challenging, and I just wasn't interested enough to to burn the brain power to figure out the weird little cloning tricks, and they start to become dexterity-based, too. That's how Metrico came with me, that game I was telling you about on the last show with, like, all the infographic and bar charts and stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Right. Yeah, so I'd, I'll be curious if Swapper works for you yeah. because it kind of fell by the wayside for me. But Hohokam, uh-huh. complete opposite experience. There's no real... Um, I want to say there's no real challenge, but there's no real pushback in the sense that you're never going to fail. It's it's clearly an exploration game, and it reminds me – I'm playing through Hohokam, and it's got such a distinct visual style. It's got such weird charm. Um, the mechanics of what you're supposed to do in the different worlds, they start out very uncertain, and you kind of suss out what's going on in this world, and you figure out, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, and then a little kind of narrative emerges from it. Um, and it occurs to me playing Hohokam, this must be what it felt like for people who actually liked Journey. Oh, because I, <laughs> do you know, I go back and I read that your FAQ about that all the time. Like it was one of my favorite. I think I've read the FAQ regarding your Journey review more times than I've actually read the Journey review, <laughs> especially because I love the last one. I heard your mom likes fags. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the journey review really did. I, I was just so taken aback by how people reacted to that yeah. um, because I could completely understand somebody not liking Hohoka. Right. You know, so what? It doesn't work for you. You don't like that kind of gameplay or, or the kind of poetry of it. You didn't resonate with it. That's fine. You're not into it. But there was this weird – and I don't – this clearly isn't how all journey fans are. But there was just this weird furor yeah. about journey, which it, to me kind of like – Somebody being incredibly pissed off because you don't like a particular Emily Dickinson poem. Right. You know, like, how could you not like the thing about the rain has such little hands? Or no, that's E.E. E. Cummings. There you go. How could you not like that poem about the rain having such little hands? It's obviously the best – one of the best poems of the year. You know, that never happens right. with 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 other kinds of poetic language entertainment. Right. Um, and so I was just so taken aback with the, the reaction of that Journey review. Um but so Hohokam is my journey, I guess. Okay. Uh, and I've only done a little bit of it, but it's divided into – and I'm not even entirely clear how to get to them. It's divided into little worlds. Um, and each world has its own, for lack of a better word, uh, ecology maybe. Uh, and let me just I, – I don't think – in a way, I want to say this is a spoiler because you, you want to discover these worlds on your own. Uh-huh. But in a more important way, I think this is a great – uh, expression of what Hohokam is like. So I want to briefly tell you about one of the worlds that I found. So in Hohokam, you're just steering around a super long snake, and he's got a little one-eyed head at the top of him. He's basically got an eyeball at the tip of him. And if you want to be kind of vulgar like my friend is when he sees me playing, it looks like a big old sperm. Okay. Um, uh, and, and that's kind of reinforced by the fact that you bump into round things, and then they open up and you fly okay. into them. Whatever. Uh, so anyway, you're flying the snake around, and you, you will every now and then find ways to open a portal, and a portal takes you to a new world. 
And it doesn't say anything like, oh, new world unlocked. Like sometimes it's just a transition. Uh-huh. That world is just a place to get you to another world. And then sometimes you'll, you'll go into a world and you'll find, oh, there's stuff I can interact with here. So I come into one world and the world has got these big kind of pale blue globes. And they're huge and I'm sort of flying around them because they look like solid obstacles. But at one point I bump into one of them and I realize that they're basically water planets. Oh, okay. And when I hit the blue globe, I'm underwater and now it reveals there's fish in there and there's kind of coral and um, and there, there's life. And in the center of a lot of these globes is something that looks like a sponge. And if I bump the sponge, I think the idea is that it squeezes and it makes the globe bigger. Oh, okay. So – what I'm doing is as I swim around in there and as I touch little schools of fish, they start following me. Now, if I leave that globe, I can fly back out into the, the place around the planet, but the fish won't follow me. They're still back in the, the ocean. But if I bump the sponge to make the, the globe expand, then I can take the fish into another globe when the globe expands and touches that other globe's water. So I'm, I'm moving these globe, I'm moving around these globes and I'm expanding them and I'm figuring out ways to get fish uh, accumulate a school of fish and bring them from globe to globe to globe. And some of them have these kind of threats that will chase off the fish. Uh, it looks like there's some places that change the colors of my fish. And I don't really know if that does anything. Um, but it turns out that what I find at one of the planets on the globe, there's a little – there's a boat sitting up there. And the boat is clearly a boat. If I bump it, there's a dude who, who's a, like a little weird man who looks out and he sees me and there's a thought bubble of a mermaid. And he thinks I'm a mermaid, which is like really cute. He's been freaked out by seeing me, this weird creature. Uh-huh. So at any rate, I don't know what to make of him. I figure, oh, that's just a cute touch. And I'm moving along these globes. I'm amassing these fish, and I'm carrying them to the far end that I can reach with the globe. And I find um, a weird creature that uh, is eating the fish, and he looks fierce, and he's some kind of anchor-shaped squid. And what eventually happens is that if I turn my fish into barnacle colors, they will then swarm this creature and they'll put barnacles on him and it drags him down and it liberates a mermaid. Oh. And I'm like, oh, so I swim the mermaid back to the boat and she emerges and it turns out the reason the guy thought I was a mermaid is because he apparently saw her a long time ago and fell in love oh, with her okay. and now they're together and she sort of cradles them and they're, they're in love and then a little panel pops up it tells me the name of the world and it gives me in little comic book form with panels um, separate panels his backstory and so that's that one world that I when I first came in I just thought it was big blue globes uh-huh. and it turned out to be water planets with this really cool narrative oh that's cool um, and and there's and you know it's I think it's something like at least a dozen things like that. Uh-huh. There are numbers when I start the game up, like like one out of sixteen, and there's another number that's something like two out of forty-two. I have no idea what those numbers are telling right. me, what they're measuring. Um, but yeah, so that's how Hokum, which I I am really liking, uh, and it's just adorable. It reminds me. It sounds like. Did you ever play Doki Doki Universe? No, but I've heard about this. <laughs> Doki Doki Universe is really weird kind of puzzle i don't know how what you would call it it's 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 a puzzle game but it's also like it's filled with personality because basically you're a robot and this robot like wants to learn about humanity so um you basically you go from world to world and and like you'll talk to the residents of the world and based and by talking to them you'll find out okay these are things they like these are things that they don't like and so you'll also you'll amass these objects they're kind of like stickers and um 
if you um, if you find out that, like, say, somebody likes something scary and you have a sticker of like a skull, you can kind of give them a sticker of the skull <laughs> and then they'll be happy and then maybe they'll give you a gift. And so the point is to kind of like go from world to world um, and just figure out, hey, what is this person like? What are they not like? And then kind of make them happy by kind of manipulating that stuff. But then along the way, there's all these like little personality tests. Like you'll come to this little planet. And um, and the planet will be a personality test. And it's cool because it's all these like little comics and I'll show you a picture and it might just be like, who do you think is having more fun? And it's like, you know, two fish <laughs> playing badminton or like a guy walking a dog and the dog's walking a cat or whatever. And it's like this really kind of weird stuff. But then when you read like, you know, when when they're like, OK, we scored your personality test, you, you're kind of like this. And then when you read the dis- the descriptions to, well, why did you think that? They actually explain, okay, well, this picture kind of represents somebody who likes whimsy. This picture is more ordered. So, you, you know, you, you gravitate towards that. And it's, it's really cool. Like it, I mean, it's not quite like Hohokam in that you're trying to piece together the narrative. I mean, it really is just like find out what this guy likes. But then along the way, there's like little stories like, you know, okay, well, finding out what this guy likes, maybe you learn a little bit about them and stuff. But it's that it's a very, it's a very relaxed kind of like, okay, go, let's just go to this world. Let's figure out what these people want, figure out how we, we can give it to them and, and that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's really kind of hard to fail. Um, I mean, the, the I guess you wouldn't, you wouldn't fail so much as you might leave a world not being able to make everybody to get all the objects in the, in it because you, you haven't quite figured out what these people will like or don't like. I don't right. think, I don't think you could like fail the game per se, you know, or quit out or whatever, you know, would be so. As we're talking about games like Hohokam and Doki Doki Universe, is is there one – is it reminding you of one that you and I really loved from earlier this year? Uh, or, or no, that would have been last year? Gosh, I think it was last year. Uh, I don't – A Vita game? I don't – I play so many. <laughs> I, I just think of as far as like creating these charming worlds that don't really oh, have Oh, states. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tearaway for me is kind of a gold standard of that. Tearaway was a really great game. I played that. Yeah. I remember playing that over you know Christmas break and just being so happy to kind of play that game. Yeah, um, yeah. that was that was definitely a good one. Uh, I have a question uh, for yeah. you. Why, when I play, uh, I don't even know how to say the name of this game out loud. I've tried several different things. I'm not sure which one is right, but why is it when I play? Re- Resogun, Resogun, Resogun. Yeah. Why is it that your name isn't on the high score list? I'm terrible at, uh, at oh, bullet well, wait, else. You play it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh oh oh. Wait a minute. No, you actually play. Well, wait. We're we're PlayStation buddies. Why isn't your name on any of the high scores? I, I can only assume it's because I'm not high enough. You've got other people on your list that are better than me. No, come on. Wow, but you've played it and yeah. you. Brandon, wow, you really must be terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm horrible. Yeah. No, Resogun was like the – it was literally the first game I ever played in my PS4 because by the time I got it all set up, I had about like 10 minutes and I and I played Resogun. Yeah. <laughs> well, it really does. I'm the same way. I was horrible too, but there's this clear progression. I mean it, yeah. playing Resogun is like going, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. Oh, I don't suck so bad. I don't suck so bad. I still I don't, suck. I don't I ever suck, quite suck. get oh, okay. to that next level. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I basically just stay stay at sucking. Yeah. Well, there's there's definitely uh, a click. I mean, I think it's kind of like understanding the system and untangling what you should do. And um, uh, yeah, like I, Resogun is kind of um, 
this thing that reveals itself while I'm being terrible at it. Yeah. And it can't help in the process of revealing itself. I can't help but be a little bit less terrible. I, I um, get – I'm just like, wow, that's really pretty. Like look at all those big colors. <laughs> Do you know how to rescue all the humans and stuff? Like, have you figured that kind of thing out? I see. I always think I do, and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you lost one, and I'm like, wait, what? How? <laughs> okay. So yeah, you're definitely at the at the early stage where yeah. you don't, you haven't quite figured out. Because when I play now, it becomes there's this kind of vocabulary to it. Like you know when they say when it says keepers have arrived. Yeah, that, whatever I that get. is. Yeah, that I get. But do you know to look? Do you know there's an arrow that'll always tell you where a survivor is? But see, um, it does. But I, I swear, there's times I am like on the lookout, and I see, I'll see like the little globe thing, and it'll point, and I'll go, and then because there's a trophy for completing a stage without losing a human or something, and I, yep, I, yep. I, I don't have it. I, like I always well, lose one, and I don't. I honestly don't know how. I swear, it doesn't always tell you. Well, you will know. It, it definitely does, and I think you will know. That you will reach that that step from going, I suck, I suck, I suck, to maybe I don't suck so bad, when you can play and always know exactly the status of every human. Yeah. Because the interface tells you. There's stuff there that will tell you. There's stuff in the top of the screen. There's an indicator around your ship. Because it's a cylinder, which, by the way, is something that I thought at first was just kind of showy, but is, is brilliant for yes. situational awareness. You can always see through the cylinder, like anytime a human is in danger, you can actually see the green beam shining above right. each human through the cylinder. Like you have complete situational awareness at, at, at any moment what's going on with every human. Yeah. And I think once you sort of appreciate that, that's when you kind of hit the next stage of not quite sucking so bad. Yeah. And that's where I am at this point. I, um, I think that uh... – I do just kind of get overwhelmed too. I think that that. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and that you're because you're right because you're still you're still having to like dodge bullets and it, there's still this very bullet hell kind of thing going yeah. on. Um, so you kind of have to keep one eye on staying alive and then another eye on on the rest of yeah. uh, what's going on there. Yeah. It, uh, do you know? Go ahead. Well, Resogun was like the game that when I, when I finally got remote play working, I was like, if if it works, Resogun, like if it works in Resogun, it works because I mean, there's right? so you know. I'm not going to say it's Twitch based, but but you know if you've got lag, that's going to kill you yeah. uh, in that game. Yeah. And, and so when I finally got it working, I remember thinking, okay, this is good. Uh, do you do you know that you can download custom ships? Um, I don't. I think that came with the update. I haven't played it in a while. Oh, is it part of the? So there, there's a paid update, and I don't know how I feel about. I this. don't know if that's part of the paid update, but I I know I don't think that was in the game when it first launched. Okay. Well, there's a paid update that adds a just a straight-up survival mode where you get one life. Uh, you don't have to mess around with unlocking the humans. They just arrive normally, and you just stay alive as long as you can. And it's a great way to play it, but it's part of this, I don't know, whatever, $7 update yeah. to the game that you have to buy. And it's one of those things that I think, well, you know, this is kind of cool. Why can't you just put that in the dang core game? Right. You know, most shooters give you different modes to play yeah. in. Yeah. Um, uh, they they and so the the custom ships because there's a ship editor in there and you can go online and grab ships. I know people so when all I all sorts of crazy ones. Yep, I fly an X-wing or a Tie fighter or I fly a, a, a little Superman or this is one of my favorites or I'm Kirby. Oh gosh. <laughs> See, I, I would only download the ship from Defender. Because I mean, if you're gonna, uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna complete the, right. the Resogun Circle of Life, you know, you'd have That's you'd true. have to be that ship. <laughs> Because I sucked at Defender too. 
holy cats, <laughs> did I spend a lot of money as a kid. In, in, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's when you sucked and it cost you money yeah, to suck. Yeah, yeah I remember exactly. my we would ca- vacation in Cape Cod every year, uh, and there was an arcade um, where we uh, vacationed. And I, I spent a lot of money on the Defender machine in that arcade, in that barn. It was literally a giant barn. And they even called it the barn because they just weren't very um, – <laughs> they, they weren't uh, weren't fancy. They just were – That's a little on the nose. A little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Defender was super fast. Though, it was. Because you know, otherwise you were playing things like Asteroids or Space Invaders yeah. or whatever. But Defenders had so much like freedom and speed mm-hmm. and you could do fancy maneuvers. I mean a crazy long skill progression yeah. when you could pour into Defender. Yeah. Um, you're playing a game. Let me check my notes here. What the heck is Stick It to the Man? Just- yeah, so nice. stick it to the man. Uh, again, this is a this is a PS Plus game that I got, um, and it uh, just came out on or it's coming out on Xbox One. So this is oddly timely because it, I've had it sitting on my console for a really long time. Stick it to the man is uh, it is a puzzle adventure game, and the puzzle is is very used very very loosely. Um, basically, you play this guy called called uh, named Ray, and he is a hard hat tester, and and uh, like an alien ship crashes and hits him on the head and he ends up with an alien in his head and uh it it manifests itself as this giant purple did you ever get um from the um you know the same vending machines that might give you skittles or or uh you know uh temporary tattoos they would have those sticky hands you know sure Uh, so so you end up with a purple sticky hand coming out of your head um and the art style of the game I, I liked a lot. It's kind of this. Everybody looks like they're they're kind of made out of paper, um, not in a tarot way. Way it's it's a little more cartoon. It's a lot more cartoony actually. Um, okay. But uh, so Ray, with the help of this alien in his head, now has the ability he can read people's minds, and then um, he can take their thoughts that manifest as stickers. And then he can take those stickers and then he can use them in his environment to accomplish, you know, whatever goal he's trying to do. So basically what it, what it ends up being, you know, from a gameplay perspective and a puzzle perspective, if you've played adventure games at all, it is not difficult. It basically becomes find everybody you can find, read all of their minds, grab all the stickers <laughs> you can. And then just anytime you see it's kind of like a blinking circle, just start slapping stickers on it and see which one fits. <laughs> Um, there's no real, the the only time there's a challenge is, so there are these, um, government agents that are after Ray and occasionally you'll come to these kind of like platforming sections where, you know, if they see you, they'll, they'll run after you. And if they catch you, they'll tase you and, and you'll have to, you'll have to start at the the last checkpoint. And so you have to avoid them by either just kind of like running around them or, uh, some of them you can read their minds and because they're always sleepy, They'll put up a sticker of Z's, and if you slap that on another guy, he'll fall asleep. Uh, some of them are constantly looking at a photo of Ray because they just can't remember what he looks like, and so their thought will be a picture <laughs> of Ray's face. And so you can take the picture and slap it on another agent, and then fool you know the agents into thinking that's Ray. Um, right. So it, it has a really interesting art style. Um, its humor, uh, you know it. Humor in games is very subjective, and sometimes mm-hmm. people can do it well, and sometimes they can't. And you know, it really wasn't my thing. Um, it, it was, it was, it was one of those things where I kind of had it on my my PS4 for a really long time, and I was like, I started it, and then I was like, ah, oh, I should finish it, and so I just 
you know, I did just to kind of see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. I did not get all the trophies in that though. So it's my badge <laughs> of shame. Um, uh, do we know who makes this? Uh, Is it anyone I've heard of before who has done other things? I can't remember the name of it. Okay. Um, the- oh, I just got it by the way. There's stickers. Stick it to the yeah. man. I just now got yep. that. That's how long it took for me to process. Even while you were explaining all of that, yep. I finally understood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it to the man. Yep. I get it now. <laughs> yep. But uh, 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 something I have been playing lately that I think you – the first thing I want to do is kind of like my first inclination is to say, oh, Brandon should play this. But my second inclination is to say, well, maybe not necessarily because it's so similar to something that we're already playing. Uh-huh. Um, there is an iPad – Port. It's a port of an actual physical card game that I've seen before, and there's an iPad version of it that's mostly well done. Uh, the game is called Star Realms, uh, and that's – boy, that's awfully generic. Yeah, um, that really is. <laughs> yeah. What you can tell from, from that name is that it's science fiction, and you, that is correct. You, you would guess correctly if you guessed that. What you can't tell from the name is that it is basically, with a couple of caveats that I'll give you in a minute, it's basically Ascension, but with science fiction. So you had me um, right there. You had me at Ascension. Now, you say when, when you say I had you, but you already play Ascension. I do. Like, do you want to play a clone of Ascension? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely, yeah. I love I love um, iPad card game. I'd play as many iPad. There was a time when every time Play Deck put out a game, I would buy it just to, just to chase that Ascension Dragon high, you know. Uh, but nothing. By the way, speaking of, well, uh, speaking of which, do you know that? Did you hear Play Deck's announcement today? What yeah. they're doing for the Vita? Yeah, yeah, a little Ascension, Ascension on your Vita, right? Yeah. Which, so, that, does this necessarily mean? I don't know if you'd know the answer to this. Does this necessarily mean there will be PlayStation trophies with it? Um, I would imagine. I think it's required. I think like okay. Like, I, in that case, I'm I'm interested. Well, I would imagine they'll be the same as the Game Center achievements because Ascension has achievements. Right. Oh. So, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I I wonder when they pop up. I, I now if they're going to be on my PlayStation trophy record, uh, I would be interested in, then in playing uh, Ascension on well, Vita. Well, see, I would only be interested in playing it on the Vita if it was cross compatible with everything else. I mean, I already have a whole gaggle of people I play games with on the iPad. Uh, because they probably have a session right. on their phone. Um, if I don't have access to that, then I don't think I would. I don't think I would bother because I don't play single player. So I wonder if Playdeck can swing that. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. I think the announcement today was just, "Hey, we're doing it." Right. And we'll find out details in the, in the future. Yeah. But uh, so so Star Realms then, uh, and if you get it, I would love to play with you because I the AI is really good because it's actually a bit simpler than Ascension. In that, Ascension has had several expansions. Um, Star Realm hasn't had any yet. Um, so, the, so the concept is very much like vanilla Ascension, but with these differences. Mm. The first difference, of course, is science fiction. Um, and the artwork is a little bit generic. It doesn't have any of the kind of unique style or pop that Ascension has. Um, but that said... Uh, What's different immediately from Ascension is that in Ascension, we're both playing and we're not fighting each other. Instead, we're drawing uh, points out of a pool that's the game clock. And once that pool is empty, the game is over. Now, every now and then, I might trash one of your constructs or something. But for the most part, the only way we're fighting each other is we're uh, we're trying to grab cards from the same pool. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe you get a card I want, maybe you don't, who, who knows. Um, what you do in Star Realms is each player has a main star base with 50 hit points, and you have to kill that other dude's star base. So it's not that we're drawing from a pool of points, it's that we're attacking each other. And what they do with that, then, is that you have cards that either give you combat or economic value. That's pretty straightforward. But you also have cards, and these would be the equivalent of constructs in Ascension, that when you get them, you put them in play in front of you. And these are called bases. And a base in Star Realms uh, will give you a bonus every time it's your turn. It might give you some combat points or whatever. But the thing with bases is that some of them... Uh, defend you. So you can have bases that you put into play and the other guy, he might get combat points, but he can't attack your main base, okay. you know, your pool of 50 points until he's taken out your defensive bases. And if you've got a really good deck, he'll have to waste his combat power taking out your I defensive gotcha. base. It goes in your discard pile. It or another one is just going to come right, right out. So what that means is you basically have three kinds of strategies. You're getting offensive power. You're getting economic power to buy more cards, or you're getting these bases which defend you, and then they can give you different kinds of power as well. Um, furthermore, they have different factions in here. Uh, there's some mild theming in the factions, mm -hmm. but more importantly, any time you play from your hand of five cards, a card, two cards of the same faction, every faction card has what it'll do for you, but then it has a secondary power that only comes into play if on that same turn, mm -hmm. you've played another card of that faction. Okay. So they really encourage you when you're playing, okay, I'm trying to get the alien species, you're trying to get the empire species. Uh, you know, By us specializing, we are making our deck stronger and more focused right. at whatever it does. See, and that's, um, that is exactly where I fail <laughs> at Ascension. Is, is well, this... Ascension doesn't necessarily reward you. Like some of the, the, the life-bound cards in Ascension, yeah. for instance, have a, a lot of this unite power they... where if you've played another life-bound well, card – Well, I think like you, getting them – like, um, like if you start going down like a mechanic – mechano, everything. Right? Like, oh, you know what? That's a good route, point. Absolutely. You know, you're yeah, definitely – I mean obviously because they're you – know, from an from a, from a honor to, to cost point, you know, they're, they're dead on. But uh, but there is this sense of a machine, you know. Yeah, they, they work together and complement right, each right. other. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is way more explicit in Star Realms, and I really like how. And also, Star Realms super easy. Like I could explain this game to someone in five minutes right. tops. I mean, it, it's just super easy, super intuitive. Um, I, I'm imagining they're going to throw out a bunch of expansions and then gum up all the works with more rules and systems eventually. Which, which is all, which is again the thing I love about Ascension. I know you don't, but. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of uh, – I love it, but what it does, because I own some physical copies of Ascension up through the, the last few expansions, is when I play Ascension now with someone who hasn't played it, oh, yeah. it takes them forever yeah. to do their turn because <laughs> for me, all of these new systems, I've learned them as they've come right. out. It's super intuitive for me. I can do a hand which has all of these crazy draw extra cards and now burn this card and then sacrifice yeah. that card and put this into Energize play. You know, I can do a turn. That, yeah energizing with the shards for me that moves super fast but when i'm playing with someone who doesn't know the game so well it just crawls to a slow as they have to learn all that stuff right. um again that's we're on the plane online like you and i do that doesn't really factor into it right. um so for me that's more a complaint about the physical version of ascension and having a group of players who don't necessarily know it very well right. um so it's called but the yeah, star, so star realms 
Star Realms, okay. super generic name. I think it's you know one of those you 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 download it for free and you can play the easy AI. Oh, by the way, I don't know if it's just that I'm not I hadn't sussed out the game yet or that the game mechanics are kind of simple, but the AI seems to really know what it's doing. Well, that's good. Like I, I haven't seen the AI ever sort of do something stupid and wonder, wait a minute, why did it do that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, so you download it for free. You can play the easy AI, and I think it even lets you join games online but it's one of these things where they give you the full game and then they're wanting you to pay the five dollars to upgrade to the the version that unlocks uh, more features but you can see it for free if you, if you want to try it oh yeah, yeah no i'll definitely grab it uh also i don't know if you've answered yet uh, i love this on the playstation network you can send a real name request to yes someone. i did answer it yep I'm so tired of seeing you as Mr. Binky. Come on. You know you love it. <laughs> Jeez, you Pete. love it. But the, I mean, I, the thing is, I, who could forget who Mr. Binky exactly. is? But so many of the folks that I have on my friends list, I have no freaking yeah. idea who they are. Me too. Uh, because they're using these goofy little names. Yeah. Um, and, and I just love that the PlayStation Network gives you a way, a way around that yeah. if you want. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it's I, but it's funny at the same time. Like one of my my good friends, Mitch, his um, Mr. Bones. That's his, and and I call him Bones. Like that's just his name. Is is I mean, uh, if I'm talking to my, did you call him that because he he used that for his PlayStation tag, or did you give him that nickname? No, that's Why? I I met him. I met him on lot. This is back in the day um, when I was really big into into Xbox gaming. This was on the original Xbox uh, when I was mm-hmm. on live. Um, a bunch of people who were like all live beta testers, they kind of got together and they said, you know, what we really need is like a group of people, like a closed message board system. And and, and you, you can only join yet. It was invitation only. And the idea being that, like, you could get live friends on this board because you would know that people were cool because somebody had to vouch for them. <laughs> and so I met Bones um, on this called Xbox Live Friends and I met him on that message board. Um, and he, so that, that was just, that was his gamer tag and, and, but that he's just bones. Like that's just, you know, this is who he is. Uh, I, I fundamentally, this is just a philosophy of mine. I fundamentally object to anyone being able to choose his or her own nickname. <laughs> well, he picked his, his gamer tag and it just happened to be, it was a gamer tag that was easy enough to be his name. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you, a nickname is given to you by others. You don't get to pick your own. Trust me. I, my, my wife we have a joke where she, like she never uses my name she only uses my various nicknames and so when she actually calls me by my name i'm like what is wrong like <laughs> <laughs> what did i do yeah. am i in trouble yeah. yeah um uh why are you playing trying to because it was free <laughs> and i thought oh what the hell okay. i'll give it a try okay yeah all right uh i, I get i get I, very i i get very anal about um storage space even though i don't need to be so i really kind of get in this mindset sometimes of like okay uh i, I don't like just having games hanging around so i either need to mm-hmm. as my as my mom would say i gotta i gotta pooper get off the pot uh and so so when i get these games you know a lot of times if if they come out free on playstation plus just because i know i'll forget i'll just go ahead and download them and, I, and i'll suss out later on you know whether or not i actually want them and so trying to was was one of the first free uh playstation plus games for the ps4 and i just i never played it and um and so uh i was like did you play the first trying or trying is all new to you i think i played i think i played a demo of it and i okay. I, I never played more than that 
Um, so, um, so I played it for an evening and I was like, yeah, you know, it's, I think trying is, uh, yeah, like I, if you like that kind of puzzle kind of deal, like I, uh, it's like the swapper. Like I just have a really low threshold for having to suss out and figure out puzzle stuff. And so do I. And, and, um, and it just, I mean, it's really pretty and it's just that, you know, anytime you've got the puzzles and then like you were talking about some of the dexterity stuff, it's like, eh, Mm -hmm. that's not really my thing. Um, you know, for puzzle uh, games, do... Professor Layton was basically like Professor Layton and Phoenix Wright. Those kind of games, like those games, I like like tr- more traditional, you know, you know, kind of puzzle games that are just kind of woven into the narrative. Right. Do you know that Professor Layton and Phoenix Wright are teaming up? They have, yeah. I just I haven't played it yet. Oh, they have. You mean that's already a thing? I think it's out. I know it's been. I, I'm pretty sure it's out here. I could be wrong though. Do you care about that? Um, I care less. I, I like the the current – in fact, I, the, the last Professor Layton game, I haven't played it yet um, because I like the um, kind of the I, – I don't know if season is the right word, but they're, they're all in trilogies. And I liked – I really liked the trilogy that they did before this one. This one I'm not really digging on quite as much. So I just haven't gotten around to playing um, all the games in this particular series. Do you have any trepidation about the, that sort of a, a mashup? No, no. I, th- I think that I think it'd be good. First, but come on, it's it's a lawyer and a detective. First of all, he's not really a detective. What is he? What is his job? Oh, a professor. He, he's a he's like a, he's more like he's like a, like an archaeologist, I think. Um, and then he just kind of helps solve mysteries. Okay, he's not like Sherlock. And and, and he's teaming up with an anime lawyer. With an anime lawyer, yeah. Who depend- that doesn't that doesn't seem weird to you? Uh, I don't know if you've ever played a Phoenix Wright game, <laughs> but you know what? I never have. They're actually. really weird. So. <laughs> they're okay. very odd. Uh, so. uh, and it, Professor Layton is so like um, it's got that sort of Studio proper. Ghibli. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, proper. yeah. Yes. So is he actually going to be like talking to Phoenix Wright? Like they're going to have conversations? Yes, I, I don't know. I think the first – I think, it was, you know, the first time that he yells objective, I could see Professor Layton just kind of very, very, very politely but but also somewhat sternly telling him that perhaps he should, you know, keep his outbursts to a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that, by the way. Um, so I need to ask you why you never told me that Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition um, has the uh, the mode that lets you assign skills to any button you want. Have you been using uh, the limited one where you're, you're stuck using only uh, certain skills in certain slots? You, yes. you never unlocked that. I, I, didn't even know, I didn't even know it was possible. I, I was watching uh, a, game, mode. a GameStop video yeah. today. It was like, oh, here's tips for Diablo. I was like, tips for Diablo? I'm like level 64. I don't need no tips. And they're like, you can map skilled any button. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so that's called elective yeah. mode. And I think it was in there from the beginning. Yeah. But they, they – you can certainly hamstring yourself. Like you can make a build sure. that doesn't – you can make a wizard build that has no way of generating mana and that's why by default it's not enabled. Um, so you've just now found that. Yeah. Well, for, for playing remote play, that would be easier because certain 
uh, like skills ah. that are mapped to the R2, which the Vita doesn't yeah. have. That's a back touch screen. You know, I would definitely yeah. do those as more like 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 your ice armor, your electric armor, anything that's going to be on for a while. And then when you need it, you just do a quick tap the back as opposed to kind of have to hold it down for like a, a sustained trigger type of thing. So, yeah, I, right. I, I mean, I vaguely now that you're talking about it in terms of like not screwing up your build that sounds vaguely familiar like we talked about this a long time maybe when we originally played diablo 3 last year i might not have told you i might have tried to keep it from you because i might have thought you're not ready for it's that possible. kind of power and flexibility it is yeah. possible i mean knowing that i mean it's not you know you're not going to permanently hamstring your hamstring yourself uh, well you you could get in a situation where you think oh diablo sucks i can't kill anything you know i just die after oh wow well, yeah 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 but i mean that's definitely yeah you you got it you'd have to amass a certain, uh, enough skills to where you're feeling as if you are you're somewhat hemmed in by the the current system. Well, they are kind of training wheels to make sure you've got a basic attack, a secondary attack that uses your resources, a defensive thing, a maneuverability thing. If you're a if you're the demon hunter, you have to have something that uses your tactics instead of just your hate. Um, so they basically shoehorn some gameplay into those categories to make you sort of play a certain way. Um, but yeah, once you're comfortable with a character and with different skills and you really want to try to mix things up and try different builds, once your equipment starts informing interesting combinations or new possibilities, yeah, that elective mode is a whole new world to play yeah. with, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. I haven't quite, I haven't, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for it. Uh, fair enough. But, um, yeah. Uh, it's definitely a uh, big boy pants yeah. in Diablo three. Yeah, that's the equivalent there. Well, I, I, well I'm ex- playing on expert, so I'm, uh, I'm loving adventure mode. Like you said, I was like, why would I? I was telling my friends at work, like, why would I ever go back to anything but this? <laughs> like, it's just yeah. so nice to just bounce around the map and just do whatever and get bounties and just kind of go about my day. I uh, I have some friends who uh, had you know I've been playing a lot local multiplayer because uh, it's so good at that uh and i was just making a character I, my character was making a beeline to kill mouthiel the last dude so that i could unlock adventure mode uh-huh. and they joined me near the end because it's so also flexible in terms of letting lower level characters play with you there's a great um temporary catch-up mechanic mm-hmm. where low, lower level character stats are boosted so they joined me for some of act five and then i had to turn it off to do so i had to back out to do something else and they kept playing and they killed Malthiel, uh and then just started a new campaign over and I came in and saw they were back in act one and I was like what are you doing and they're like oh we just started again on a harder difficulty level and I was like no no get out of here never do this again this campaign this square on the game setting screen you will never touch this square ever again I do not want to see you ever click on or select this yeah from now on adventure mode only don't touch this it is trash it is not for you well, why, why why didn't you just import a save? Uh, why didn't I import a save for for their characters? No, for you, for you, so that you because you said you were rushing to kill Malthiel so that you could get to adventure mode. Oh, because oh, wait, we sorry, did that yeah, right, where, Act Five, duh, sorry. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. So, yeah. Um, I I just had to barrel through there, and by the way, me barreling through there wasn't quite as simple as I thought because I was constantly trying different alts and trying with different groups of players and. I, I was in no hurry, but it definitely took me a while to get there. Um, but yeah, and, and my my friends were kind of like you, is that once they 
I think, saw that how much variety and flexibility and how you're, you're sort of pinballing around doing all these different things and just the pacing. Yeah. You know, and you talked about this on Jumping the Shark with, with uh, Todd and, and that young woman who's your guest. The, Holly. The, the pacing. Th- thank you, Holly. Yes. Uh, the pacing when you're playing adventure mode is, is just fantastic. It really is. And it just makes you realize what a, a turgid clod Drag, the yeah. campaign can be. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny because so, now when I when I when I you know go to certain uh, uh, certain areas and I'm like oh god yeah this Ugh, you know yeah. <laughs> it sucked <laughs> you know why would I do this again but um, <laughs> the um, oh, shoot I forgot exactly I forgot what I was going to say um, when I was watching yeah, the, the GameStop your- video that they were playing with a demon hunter I was like all right I gotta get on that that looks really cool. <laughs> So you're now you're working with alts now. You've got some alts. Going. Uh, I, I don't yet. I want to get my wizard up to level seventy, but um, don't. You know what? No, just fiddle around with an alt. Bop around. Life is too short to not just go ahead and dive into the variety from the get go. I don't know. I can't. It's it's a it's a trophy thing. Oh, that's the thing. I know. I was going to tell you that bugs me. Is so when I imported my save and I and I loaded up the game, like it it knew that I had completed all these challenges and it gave me credit for all the challenges, but it didn't give me credit like it didn't give me trophy credit. Like <laughs> what's up with that? So 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 like I went and I killed the uh, I don't know, the the, the 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 angry witch lady in Act One. The one who gets carried around by the moths or whatever. Right, right. Uh, and uh, I feel like I should know her name, but right. I know and she gave that. me a trophy for for doing it because I hadn't done it in this version. Oh, I see. Right. And right. I was like, oh, gosh, but, yeah. but I already had the challenge for for killing. Right. Right. So right. right. Um, the the weird things can happen to trophies. I didn't realize this, and I think it's changed. But once someone on my my uh, I guess it was a it must have been a review comment thread because this is the kind of thing that would happen to me. Uh, someone was linking to my PlayStation profile yeah. and they were saying, you know, oh, Tom Chick is a fraud. He's never even finished The Last of Us. Yeah. And he linked to my profile. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I clicked on it. And it, it sure enough, it showed that I had like one trophy for the collecting five rags or whatever yeah. in The Last of Us and no other trophies. It, it's like, because it probably that? didn't sink your your trophies. I guess it must be a sinking issue. I was thinking it was maybe because I played it before the release and it was another thing with uh, Sony. But uh, you know, I don't. That's a good point because when when we were playing this, I noticed that um, it was not giving trophies. Like I would get, I would get trophies um, on my 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 view, but. I couldn't. They would not show up in the list of trophies. Oh, and it, right, and it wasn't right. until uh, like they weren't live or something. Yeah, and it wasn't until um, a few uh, it was until a few days before it went live that they started showing up. But that's actually a really handy feature because let me tell you, back when I used to review games for the 360, um, mm-hmm. I can't tell you when I was playing. I want to say it was Saints Row Two. So at the time that Saints Row 2 was out, I had had it for like two weeks before it came out. And apparently it was also being pirated. And, you know, typically if you're pirating a game on the 360, you mod your console, do something, whatever, so that you can't go online. So I had all these people messaging me, asking me, how did I manage to get this pirated copy of Saints Row 2 (laughs) to work and get achievements to show up? 
And at the time, I um, they gave me this was back when THQ was spending money like crazy. So they gave they gave me two 360 copies and two PS3 copies so that I could do co-op. And so I gave a 360 copy to Petey so that we could play co-op for the review. And because he was really really hard score chasing at the time, you know, he got even more messages. Like every night, like, oh, dude, how'd you get this copy to work? And he's just like, it's review copy, it's review, you know. So, so it's a good thing that 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 Sony does it this way because, um, trust me, some of these pirates can be annoying. <laughs> I, I I have looked, and I think now I do have credit for finishing uh, Last of Us. There are other you should message that other guy. trophies. That don't, I don't even. Yeah, I should I should probably defend myself because it did really look like oh. Yeah, I didn't play the game. You know, I played the game for five minutes. I must have watched YouTube videos of the ending or something. There was <laughs> this guy just really hates Troy Baker. <laughs> uh, Brandon, thank you for hanging out today. Absolutely, um, anytime. I guess when we speak next, will we will we have played Destiny we, by then? We yeah. most certainly will have. <laughs> I'm pretty psyched, and mainly because of you, because I hadn't played the beta. I just know how excited you are, and I kind of figure. Well, if Brandon's excited, I guess I should get on that particular train. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, That's a rough. That I don't know if I want that kind of responsibility. That so far you haven't let me down. Okay, good. So, All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Destiny, and then um, I'm trying to think. I was looking at some of the PS Plus games uh, that are coming out. When is Hell? What happened to Hell Divers? Do you know what Hell Divers I is? I do. I don't know. I thought that was supposed to be a summer release, I and they so even too. asked Sony about it, and they were like, "Oh, let us get back to you on that." Yeah, no. Um, I mean, basically, between now and Destiny, there's really nothing unless you like Madden, which came out this week, and I do not. Um, yeah, I don't follow basketball myself. So. Yeah, me neither. Um, uh, yeah, so let's let's talk Destiny soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Folks listening, thank you very much. Uh Brandon, how do we how do we follow you on, on Twitter? <laughs> well you'd have to put in my accursed uh, <laughs> uh username, which is Mr. Binky, M I S T E R B I N K Y. That's just at Mr. Binky. And then um I've gotten a bunch of uh PlayStation Network requests. Uh so thank you for people that have um sent them in and thank you for all the 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 king's bounty of uh Diablo three items. Um, yep, gifts and maybe nemeses. Nemes- yeah, yeah, dude, your yeah. nemeses just do not. They pick the worst time. To- I I constantly tell them, look, sit and wait until Brandon is it's really in dire straits. That's your best bet. Make sure that he's busy. Make sure that you know he's got other stuff going on. That there are no at least mana. three blues and a yellow. Yeah, no bad. Right. Three blues and a yellow. Just used, you know, his black hole or his archon power or whatever. Yeah, that's the best time. Just pop up and be like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, by the way, real quick, what what's your highest level in, in, with a witch doctor? With a witch doctor, that'd be none. <sighs> okay. I, Although, um, Brandon, I, I you have not played Diablo song. 3. I, What's the witch doctor the, song? Um, what the hell was that? Um, I went to the witch doctor and told me what to do. That song, Tang Tang. Ooh, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, you... Well, well, bing, bang. Yeah, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's objectionable. <laughs> uh, if, if you have not played a witch doctor, you haven't played Diablo 3 yet. That's all I'm saying. I, I've, said, I've said elsewhere, and I'll say it again. Time spent playing Diablo 3, not spent playing a witch doctor, is time wasted. Okay. 
There's just too many because the Crusader, I still, I was like level 20 before I imported the save, so I got to get back on that too. No, I understand the Crusader's fine, but she's no witch this doctor. True. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, you can find Brandon at Mr. Binky, and um, that's it also on PlayStation Network. Uh, yes, I am there is at... an underscore between the Mr. and the Binky. Uh, Mr. underscore Binky, right. right, and for gifts and whatnot. Uh, you can find me as Tom Chick on the PlayStation Network, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at QT3. Uh, next week, we're actually having um, – I'm always excited about this. I imagine probably several of our listeners are going to go, oh, God, no, not this again. We're having some board game designers on. Oh, sweet. I'm super psyched about these particular guys, by the way. Uh, it's a new game that's come out that I really like that is very different from other games that I've played. And I'll just tease you with that and let you tune in next week to find out who it is. And then after that, the week after, Brandon and I will be back to talk some Destiny. Yep. <laughs>